You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Okay, book of James chapter 2 this evening. Uh, we're going to be reading 1 verse 23. Uh, one day a farmer grabbed his shotgun uh, to shoot a flock of pesky crows and unfortunately... He didn't see uh, that there was a very rare parrot that had joined the crows. After firing a few shots, he walked over to the fallen birds and to much his surprise, he found the parrot badly hit with a broken wing. When the farmer's children saw that the bird was injured, the parrot was injured, they asked, Dad, what did you do? And the farmer simply replied, it was bad company. What's interesting about this illustration is that the friends that we choose to surround ourselves with will no doubt influence us for good or for bad. And I believe that tonight we're going to be diving into this principle of friendship, who we are friends with, uh, will determine our destiny. There is a man in the passage of scripture we're about to read about, and his name is Abraham. This man is noted as being a friend of God. Now, there's not many that can go on record and say that or could be said that about us. But here is a man that is referenced to in the book of James as a friend of God. And so I want to preach to you a very simple uh, sermon entitled Friend of God. James chapter 2 verse 33. The Bible says these words. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. I want to look firstly and focus on the nature of friendship. Now, today's friendship uh, is a very loose term. It's very easily made and very quickly lost. We have uh, uh, with the social media today, the unfriending, or I'm going to unfriend you on social media, I'm going to ghost you, I'm no longer going to respond. And this is a very common practice in the generation today. The mindset behind it many times is that you serve only a purpose for a time, but now it's time to move on. It's a very selfish approach to friendship. People would rather have more followers than they would rather genuine friendship. And this is a tragedy because uh, it is a uh, breakdown in, uh, uh, in society. Now we have a generation uh, that wants to be followed, that wants to be liked uh, from a distance uh, and are struggling to find friends uh, that they can actually rely on each and every day. Now the friendship that we must discuss this evening... Uh, When it comes to a friendship with God, it must be a two-lane highway. In other words, it can't be all one-sided. That's not true friendship. Can you say amen this evening? Abraham, the Bible says in our text, believed 
God. And as a result, this is a, 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 a direct correlation to why he was a friend to God or a, a friend of God because the Bible says he believed God. And this is more to that statement that we can recognize. That word uh, um, believe means to be persuaded of, to place confidence in or to trust. Now, can we just be honest this evening? It's one thing to say that you know God, and it's another thing to say, I believe in God. Because the question is, would you still believe Him if He asked you to grab everything you had in your home, leave the place where your friends and family are, and go to a place that you don't know? Would you still believe Him then? If the God that you believe in all of a sudden would say to you, take your son, your only son in whom you love, and I want you to sacrifice him to me, would you still believe him? If the God that you believe in said, consecrate yourself because I want everybody to recognize you as my people, would you still believe him? There's a difference between knowing and believing. Anyone can say they know God, or at least to some extent know of God. But the truth is, is whether we believe Him or not, that's where the friendship or the nature of our friendship begins. Because if we truly believe in Him, and this is what I want to focus on this evening, is if we truly say we believe in God... Wouldn't that change the way we act? Unfortunately, we're living in a generation today that likes to say and promote themselves in a way that they wish they were, but the truth is they can't back it up. They say so many empty things. They make empty promises, uh, but yet can never fulfill it. Why? Because of this reality. Listen to me. Uh, 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 when it comes to being a Christian, if we are going to say we are saved, we are born again, we are Christ-like, we believe in Jesus Christ and His resurrection, uh, should it not challenge, should it not change how we act? Because if we only believe in Him when it suits us, it's a very shallow relationship. That's not a two-way highway. It's a very shallow Christianity. If only you cry out to God when you're in trouble, scared, hopeless, or lost, then can I just bring this revelation to you? That's not the two-lane highway that friendship speaks about. See, we like the idea of having lots of friends and even friends in high places. Can anybody say amen? Friends in high places is always a huge benefit. If you've ever gone to a restaurant and you know the chef, right? All of a sudden you're like, hey. And you begin to get lavished with all these, you know, different places. I know you didn't pay for this, but here's a little bit of dessert here and there. And, and you know, you, you walk out of that place a little bit, you know, a little spring in your step. Why? Because you know people in high places. And we have this mentality where we think, you know what, that's 
what I want. Uh, we, we begin to try to promote ourselves. You know, I've heard it said before, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day. You might have heard him, Bill Gates. It's like, you don't know Bill Gates. But all of a sudden, it's like you want to feel important, and so you name drop. How, how many know what, what I'm talking about when I, when I say name drop, right? It's like, why did you have to mention that name? Because all of a sudden you feel, well, I'm going to connect myself to this other person in a high place. And let me just say this, a lot of Christians assume that position as their relationship with God. That They say, oh, well, you know what, I could just mention God's and it'll be fine. You don't have a friendship with Him. You don't believe in Him in order for it to change your character, change your behavior. But you just like the idea of, well, I know Jesus. Jesus is a lover. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is going to set me free. This is, I believe, what the text in Matthew 7, 23 is speaking about. The Bible says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There will be people that will say, but but Jesus, we're friends, aren't we? We knew each other, didn't we? We came to church and we raised our hands and we did things in your name and but yet you practice lawlessness. Therefore, you're not a friend to me. The parable of the talents, you have the wicked and lazy servant uh, that hides his talent, bears, buries it in the ground. Uh, and the Bible says at the moment uh, he is reprimanded about his actions, his reply is, uh, I knew you'd be a hard man reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Uh, look, there you have what is yours. Uh, and so here is Jesus using this parable to say, you have a wrong mind mindset when it comes to the God that you ought to love and have a friendship with. There's a disconnect there. You don't see it correctly. And so when it comes to God stepping into your life and wanting to lead you and guide you and protect you, now all of a sudden you begin to have a warped mindset. And just like this wicked and lazy servant, he says, you're a hard man. You're a hard. There are Christians that say, you're a hard God. You demand so much. There's so many rules and regulations and you've misinterpreted the friendship that the Almighty wants to have with us. The nature of friendship is that you would be involved with a God who holds all things in His hands. That's a good friend to have. Can anybody say amen? So let's look secondly this evening at a true friendship. True friendship has the best interest for the other at hand. Amen? When it comes to true friendship, you wish you had those true friends when you get home finally after a long day at work, you look in the mirror and you realize there's a piece of spinach in your teeth. You think, where were my friends and why didn't they tell me? You, appreciate, you want those friends at that time, right? It needs to be a, tr a true friend is one who is interested, uh, uh, interested on the uh, uh, concern about the other and is wanting to meet the need there. Years ago when I was in school, high school, my good friend Darren Norman, he, uh, he was infatuated with this one girl called Yanella. 
And they started a relationship and they started dating. And I think we were about year 11 or so, maybe year 12. And Darren was so smitten by this girl. He was absent. I mean, you would mention her name and he, oh, she's gorgeous. Oh, she's this, she's that. She's so talented. She's so godly, this. And, and, and he would just uh, go on and on. But what was interesting was that when you spoke to her about Darren, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same. She wasn't smitten about him. And as a good friend, I've just kind of began to just keep an eye out. You know, I'm looking out for my bro and I'm making sure that he's, she's not going to take advantage of him. And not long did I find out after that she had eyes for another guy, a Wally. His actual name was Wally. And so here he is. She is dating my friend, but her interest is in another guy. And immediately as a friend, I'm like, that's not happening. That's not on. And so in order to be able to try to break away the spell so that he realized that he was in a bad, toxic relationship, I didn't go up to him and say, you need to dump Yanella, get out. She doesn't like you. She likes somebody else. You, you, you know, you got to be wise when you're a friend. And so what did I do? I just kind of started, you know, sowing a little bit of doubt into his thinking. I started by... I, I started by... Stay with me, stay with me. I started by just planting a little bit of doubt. I started with her appearance. Now, I wasn't harsh. I wasn't harsh. But at that time, I just, there was a movie that was released called Ants. How many remember the movie Ants? And this girl reminded me of that, of that girl in the, in the movie. And I'm like, Darren, have you noticed how Yanella looks like that little Ants character? And he was like, oh, oh, now nobody wants to be dating an ant. Can anybody say amen? And so, you know, slowly you could, you could just kind of begin to see his opening his eyes, his realizing. And then I, I you know, I, I realized it wasn't helping. And so I start, you know, I just started making up little catchy songs for him. <laughs> little songs that went something like, Yanella, she looks like a fella, you know. And, and then all of a sudden he broke away and and as a result he ended up just letting her go he the spell was broken he wasn't as smitten nobody dating a masculine looking ant and and so you know you're kind of like i need to get out of this relationship as a result he ended up breaking up with her less than one month she's dating wally and so before he's there you know going to be wallowing and self-pity yeah he broke up with her. And so to the victor belong the spoils, right? He's the one that comes on top. She didn't dump him and then go to the other guy. He walks away from it. And so, I, you know, the whole point of that is that you look after your brothers. You take care. You see things. Just like with your Christian brothers and sisters, you see things that I want to help you out. I make sure you're not going down the wrong path. Is this healthy for you? And that is what true friendship is all about. Now we see Abraham was obedience, and as a result, it was counted for him for righteousness. Number one, he was willing to move. 
In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country from the family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now immediately, if we're going to realize Abraham had a true friendship with God, he was, being, he was willing to move on a moment, on a command from God. What a tragedy it is today. Some people won't even move with a firm kick up the buttocks. It's like, come on, go evangelize, go share the gospel, go tell someone about Jesus Christ. And it's like, well, or you come to church uh, year after year, sit down and listen to the preaching. Yeah, you know what, you missed out a few things there and you mispronounced that name. Uh, and the actual Greek word for that means this. And it's like, give me a bro God can't even move you anymore. We notice how God's very sensitive in this passage of Scripture. He says, get out. <laughs> Don't you love that? It's not like, uh, Abraham, would you like to uh, consider maybe relocating your family to a more prettier location that I may have for you? Or even just, you know, more scenic difference. Hey, holidays, uh, a little change is as good as a holiday. And, and, and no, 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 he's just straight out, get out, move. Now, Abraham's obedience was accounted to him for righteousness. God, I'm willing to move. Where is it? I don't know. All right, I'm still going to follow you. Number two, he was willing to serve. In Genesis chapter 18, the Bible says, verse 3 and 5, My Lord, this is three angels visiting him at, uh, at Abraham's house. And he says, My Lord, if you have now found favor in, in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. Uh, after that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. They said, Do as you have said. Abraham was willing to serve. You know, if you do a study on Abraham's life, he was a rich man. He had a lot of servants, a lot of livestock. He didn't have to move a muscle if he didn't want to. But here is a man that didn't remove himself from that place of service. He didn't go AWOL. He didn't become, well, I've been saved and I've been in the church uh, for this long. So therefore I deserve or I need, uh, I have the right and this is my seat and you've uh, you know, parked in my car park. Listen to me, uh, Abraham's friendship with God was developing uh, through the act of being willing to serve. Number three is Abraham was not willing to compromise. In Genesis chapter 14, verse 22 through to 23, Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from the thread to a, a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Here is Melchizedek, who comes to Abraham and says, I want to bless you. I am rich, wealthy. I want to add to that. And Abraham says, I don't need your wealth. 
How many know that's good doctrine right there when the world approaches you? Uh, we want to give you a pay rise, uh, but it's going to require you to go to some distant nation, uh, be away from church, uh, not being able to be with the brethren. Listen to me, uh, not willing to compromise my relationship, my friendship with God. He said, I'm not going to compromise. When the offers come, well, you've been singing in church. Maybe you could release an album. Instead of singing for God, why don't you sing for the devil? And it's like, absolutely not. Because I have a friendship with God. And I'm not going to compromise that for anyone. Number four is a willing to sacrifice. And we know the story where God says, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering uh, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now this is, you know, this is a serious sacrificial tithe. This is, this is a sacrifice. He's going to give of the things that he loves uh, and, and, you know, if God was to ask, uh, uh, you know, I, I want your house, I want your car, I want, I want your child. Like, wait a minute. My child? This wasn't just any child. This was your promise, God. This is your gift to me and my family. And, and now you want it back. We would all be wrestling with that. Could you, could you let's be honest this evening? And yet he was willing to sacrifice to all, any length. God, it's you. I don't want to violate my friendship with you. If you're asking, there's a reason for you asking, therefore I'm going to give. And we struggle with tithes, pledges, and offerings. <laughs> but that's true friendship. Can anybody say Amen. It's a two-way street. How many times we get on our knees? God, I need you. God, God, help me. God says, well, I need you to do this. And you think, well, I'm not ready to do that yet. See, our willingness to do what's best for our God reveals the nature of our friendship. And I don't know about you, but you know, I believe that you're here this evening because that's exactly what you want as well. We want a friendship with God. Something unique. You know, serving Jesus Christ shouldn't be a chore. Coming to church shouldn't be a burden. We're going to be in the presence of the Almighty again. Why? Because we're friends. If He's asking me to move a few things, give up a few things say no to a few things, why not? Why not? Are we willing to violate the friendship that we have with the God that wants a friendship with us? So let's look thirdly and in closing at a friend of God. The truth is, is that there's nothing that we could do or add to acquire our salvation, but the revelation is, is that there are things we can do to grow more intimate with God. Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Proverbs 3, 4, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. We have these passages, scriptures there that highlight the fact that you and I, there are things that we can do to be able to draw near into a more intimate and loving relationship with the Father in heaven. Now, the blessings of being in close proximity, in close friendship with God is very simple. And we can see this being, beginning to transpire in Abraham's life. After having to go through many different trials and uh, uh, staying obedient to God's command, uh, we find him at a place uh, where he is resting. And in that time of rest is when three angels come to him. He rises up to serve them. And in the process of them being there, they're just stopping by to share the good news. The promised child is coming, but they're going to move on to bring judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. This was not any information that needed to be disclosed to Abraham. But while they're fellowshipping with Abraham, they stop and they say, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Now that's very profound because the truth is, how many know God can do whatever he wants? God can act and no doubt follow through with anything he feels like. We know he's a righteous God. He, is not, he doesn't need our approval. He is not waiting for our tick of approval from us. He can just go right ahead and we would understand he is acting in full righteousness. But at that time, they stop. And they include Abraham in their plans. Now, if you're a Bible student, you'll realize that Sodom and Gomorrah was the city of sin. It was a place of debauchery that no doubt was living contrary to the commands of God. And while that is all transpiring, you have a righteous person in that city called Lot. And as a result, Abraham begins to intercede for Lot. Begins to ask, what if there's righteous people that you're going to judge along with the unrighteous? Just like that farmer. Grabs a shotgun, there's crows on my farm, there's crows on my crop, just... Ch -ch and if there's any casualties, too bad. They shouldn't have been with the crows. They should have got out while they could have. And we could argue that again. Lot, what are you doing in Sodom? Why are you there with your family? And yet God pauses and changes or at least alters his plans. Consider the gravity of that situation. What bearing does our opinion weigh compared to God's commands and judgments and actions? Nothing. The truth is God doesn't have to listen to us. But because Abraham was a friend of God, now all of a sudden, God is listening 
and he's altering things. Can I say to you, that's the friendship that you and I can have with the God that we serve. That's the friendship that God wants to have with us. That if we are willing to obey, if we're willing to not hold back, if we're willing to submit ourselves, sacrifice, cut, whatever you are asking God, I am not going to violate my friendship with you. I don't want this to be a one-sided, selfish friendship. I want this to be a two-way. You have done it, therefore I'm going to obey and I'm going to reciprocate the best that I can. God wants to pour out so much. But a prerequisite of that is, are you a friend of God? I know that we can have a little Jesus fish and maybe even, you know, wear some religious paraphernalia, but listen to me. Are you a friend of God? Do you believe Him? Are you willing to obey? Because a friendship is what God desires with us. Jackie Robinson, and I close with this story, was the first American, African-American player to play baseball in the major leagues. And... Uh, Breaking baseball's color, color barrier was a massive uh, uh, thing that he had to face. He was faced with hostile crowds in every stadium. Uh, being African-American, playing uh, a white man's sport uh, and succeeding in it was going to find himself being uh, uh, come against with all, all types of hostility. Now, while playing one of the games in his home stadium in the uh, Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, he committed an error and, of course... Every fan saw that error and began to boo him. They began to stand up and say things hostile towards him. He stood at the second base absolutely humiliated while this crowd continued to boo him. Then without saying a word, the shortstop, his name was Pee Wee Reese, went over and stood next to Jackie he put his arm around him and faced the crowd. Suddenly, the fans grew quiet. Jackie Robinson said these words, that that arm around his shoulder saved his career. Now think about the power of a friendship. Think about the importance of not you just being right with, oh, well, I've got to make sure my boss, I've got to make sure that this is right. Listen, what about your relationship with God? But I have children, but I have a wife, I have so many things to take care of. But what about your friendship with God? Just that arm around his shoulder saved his career. Well, we're talking about destiny. A friendship with God will release destiny into your life. And I believe that friendship with God is something we can all have if we're willing to believe the God that we serve. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments. The presence of God is in this place.